This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out. Brandon Maney joined, as always, by Sean Kane. What's up, Sean? Hey, how's it going? Not, you know, it's sunny out. I can't, I can't complain. <laughs> yes, you actually got a tennis match in with Highland. Yep, we played Highland yesterday. It was beautiful. Uh, clouds rolled in at one point, which wasn't on any anyone's phone, walkie-talkie or anything. But we got a little worried, but it was good. And yeah, it was it was good to kind of like get a nice match in where I was wearing shorts. I don't know if they want to see my white legs, but they were out. And they were they were there, whether you wanted to see it or not. That's yeah. Sure. And the big joke my players always have with me is I let the dogs out. I, I like to wear flip-flops 90% <laughs> of the time. When you're standing for like eight hours, man, it's all about comfort, you know. So I'm a I'm a flip-flop guy. Yeah, you got to be comfortable, right? Yeah, I, t- I totally understand that. So uh, that was Century Tennis yesterday against Highland. Uh, fell to the Rams. Boys, uh, girls, did the girls? Yeah, we lost. We lost. We lost both. Uh, Highland uh, has three freshman boys that are really, really good. I've, you know, worked with them throughout the years. But then we talked about this before. Braden Johnson is a freshman singles player, and uh, he'll be competing for the title this year. He is. He's phenomenal. Great kid. Um, it, it'll, it'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see what happens here as, as the season goes on, but he's definitely, um, I think one of the potential top players and, and could come home with that, you know, with that gold medal. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into the spring sports discussion. We will, we'll start on the softball pitch where at, at this moment, Sean, there are six teams still in the state of Idaho that are undefeated as we're approaching the midway point of the season. Among those six are two from East Idaho, Malad, which is 3-0, and and we'll talk about them in just a second. But you also have at the 4A ranks the only undefeated team in 4A, the Pocatello Thunder. Coach Josh Naylor just keeps on rolling, and, and, and this group of girls, they are 8-0, and and they are 2-0 and in District 5 competition. What a week it's been. Uh, just this past week, they beat Thunder Ridge, which is a really I was good, there. <laughs> yeah, they beat a really good Thunder Ridge team, a good 5A school, 9 nothing. Then they went down to the Bengal Bash, hosted by Brighton High School in Salt Lake City over the weekend and, and cleaned up. They beat Canyon View, Utah, 4-3. to Brighton, the host school, 18-2. to Cedar, Utah, 8 nothing. And then they opened conference play yesterday, Tuesday, April 11th, in Preston. And they get a, a pair over the Indians. So yeah. what, what a start and what a, what a season has been for Pocatello softball. Yeah, I was I was at Thunder Ridge at, for a tennis match while that softball was, game was going on. So I kind of got to see a little bit. And, you know, uh, people are uh, – Thunder Ridge was very surprised, I think. Thunder Ridge has three really good pitchers, um, but Mia Lusk pitched and, you know, it was a shutout. And uh, – they're they're a tough team and um don't sleep on the thunder right now in softball. Yeah. And I, and I guess I misspoke. They're they're 7 and 0 uh, overall 1 and 0 in conference. Just one game at Preston yesterday. So somehow we had it in there twice on our site. We'll have to fix that. Preston's uh, not going to like that. <laughs> right, right. Um but but you look at who's leading the way and it really is uh, a group effort. Um you've got uh McKinley Hill batting 545. Taylor Rogers, great sophomore, right behind her at 542. Mia Lusk, not only is she 
you know, got a microscopic ERA in the pitcher circle. She's batting 524. Taylor Bunderson, 471. I mean, this is a group that really, you know, they don't hit a ton of home runs. They have three as a team, but station to station, base to base. And they're, they're pretty tough. They're a tough lineup. And, th- and that's what people, when you, when you talk to other coaches and they say that they're, they're just really deep in the hitting that they're just, they're going to be able to score runs. So if you're not able to, you know, kind of stop them or score your own runs, you're going to have a tough, uh, a tough seven inning stretch there. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about Mia Lusk, uh, you know, she's, she's got a 0.84084 ERA um, on the season. She has 49 strikeouts to just 11 walks. And, and this is where I think this is really encouraging for Pocatello because a lot of teams in the state of Idaho have, have a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Very few have two. And if you have a second pitcher that you can complement in softball, that makes you really dangerous. And Taylor Rogers has been phenomenal when she's been called upon. She has uh, pitched 12 innings this year. She's 3-0 and with a 175 ERA. 15 strikeouts to just two walks. So Coach Naylor's got a pretty good one-two combo there in the pitcher circle, which I think is going to bode really well in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, right, you know, tournament player playing multiple games and that that pitching makes a difference. And they've right now they've got that set up pretty tight and um, went and played tournaments, right, get that experience and know how to do that and, you know, know what their pitchers can go out there and do in, in those situations. And that's going to pay dividends later on. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on on Pocatello. Uh, up next is uh, a home doubleheader with Idaho Falls, non-conference play on Saturday, and then they, they play Century in a double dip next Tuesday. I think um, everything will be doubleheaders from here on out. It's <laughs> probably a fair point. Um, so that that will be interesting to see how, how that goes uh, coming up for Pocatello. The other team that's still undefeated is at the two way ranks. And I wanted to stop down and talk a little two a softball because there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the two a softball ranks. Um, but Malad uh, still sitting undefeated. Uh, they are three and which, you know, compared to Pocatello's eight, no, maybe isn't as impressive, but Malad can't control the weather. Um, they can only, you know, do what their schedule allows them to do. Um, but Malad came through on Monday night, Sean, and played probably their biggest competition in in the Southeast Idaho Conference in the West Side Pirates, um, and and turned them back eleven nothing. So a shutout win for Malad as they are now three and zero on the season. Yeah, and you know, in Malad and in the coaches poll, they're ranked fourth, and I think maybe that's just because they have the lack of maybe the games. Right, they don't have as many games as the other top five teams, um, but. Uh, we talked about them. We we knew that was going to be a dangerous team, and and uh, they're you know as they get the games going, we'll get to see a bigger uh, the bigger picture of that. Yeah, Wrigley Peterson in the pitcher circle for Malad on Monday, uh, six innings allowed just one hit, ten strikeouts, zero walks. So one hit away from a perfect game, basically for <sighs> Wrigley Peterson of Malad. Um, but the one hitter still pretty good. We had a no hitter. Yesterday, Sean, it was a combined no hitter also at the 2A level from and, and we've kind of talked about in in 2A softball the last, you know, at least two seasons. There's been a big three. It's been Malad. It's been St. Mary's from up north and West Jefferson. And it kind of looks like it's going to be those three again, all fighting for supremacy. Uh, West J has come out and played really well this year. They're now they're six and five overall. 
but they really challenged themselves. We talked about this a couple podcasts ago. They went down to an early season tournament in Utah, kind of took their lumps there against much bigger schools. In fact, West Jay had to play Idaho Falls for some reason at this Utah yeah, tournament. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. We talked about that. Um, but but they're five and oh in the nuclear conference. They're five and oh where it counts in their district. Uh, they beat Chalice Mackey yesterday, Tuesday the eleventh, 17 to nothing. And in the process, a combined no-hitter was thrown by uh sophomore Carmindy Johnson and then also senior Jordan Torgerson. They combined on a no-hitter. It was only three innings because of the run rule. Um, but still combined no hitter, pretty cool deal. Yeah, and we've talked about Jordan Torgerson before and and just a lights out pitcher, and that's why she's on that pitcher's list on idosports.com, right? I bet you she's on there a few more times this year. Yeah, and and Carmody Johnson pitched two two innings, I think. <laughs> and uh everybody loves Jordan Torgerson's performance shot. Uh so does my dog, I guess. Yeah, no worries. Uh Carmody Johnson at the plate also did very well yesterday. Um, she went two for three with five RBIs, three runs scored, and two stolen bases. So West Jay also a team to keep an eye on. And it looks like maybe North Fremont might be their toughest competition in District 6. Um, the Huskies were playing Firth earlier this week and had to come from behind to get a 14-9 to victory. So good win for North Fremont. They're 2-4 they're and four overall, but they've played a lot of tough 3A schools and even a 4A school. So, um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on North Fremont as well. A lot of those same athletes we saw on the basketball court also, you know, play softball for North Fremont. So, um, yeah, softball action heating up. Six undefeated teams left, two from East Idaho, and we'll continue to watch that as it goes along. Um, baseball, let's, let's break down what's going on. In the baseball ranks where uh, the coaches' polls came out for the first time this spring season today on IdahoSports.com, people might be going, why'd you wait so long? Well, a week <laughs> ago, some teams still hadn't played yet, and we just didn't think that was fair <laughs> to, to have a coaches' poll when, you know. Most be a of lot of state- guessing, a lot of speculation. Yeah, it just didn't seem fair. So now that everybody's played at least one game, and you know most have played more than that, but the first coaches' polls of the year are right at the top of the homepage at idahosports.com. East Idaho teams ranked in 5A, none. State of Ada, all District <laughs> 3 teams ranked. Yeah, all of them, yeah. Highland, Highland did re- receive some votes, and Highland just got a win over Rigby, I think, last night too. So Highland's kind of, I think, starting to roll as well. Yeah, apparently Rigby was the one place in the in the conference that had a field that was playable because last week Highland Thunder, Thunder Ridge, Madison, and Rigby all met up at Rigby's place on Friday and kind of did almost like a not quite a round robin, but they all were like, "We got to get these conference games in. Let's just start at ten oh, a.m. Yeah. and we'll all just play each other." And uh, yeah, it was kind of wild. Four um, A coaches poll: Pocatello checks in at number four. Bonneville is number five. Um, I would say that seems right to me. You know, they both are perennial state participants. Uh, Bonneville won one at all, you know, not that long ago. Oh, yeah. So that's, that seems right to me. Yeah. And, and kind of the word on the street is, is Pocatello is just really, really deep. And they're, they're just, um, if they weren't on the, on the top five, you know, they've, you know, it'd have been okay. Right. Because they they know what they have and what's going to happen. 
but I think they're a team that I think is going to slowly, slowly start to impress people with their death. Everyone just says they just have so many good players. Like there's, it's just not, it's not top heavy. It's just a well-rounded team. And that's kind of the word on the thunder right now in, in baseball. Now I will tell you that Bonne- Bonneville always, you know, they've got the pedigree, but a team people might be sleeping on is Skyline. The Grizzlies are five and one. They are two and zero oh in high country conference play, including a 10 to four victory over Bonneville last night at Melaleuca field in Idaho falls. So they beat the bees 10 to four. Um, so Skyline and coach Brett Taylor, I think is a team they've got a good pitcher too in Merslock. So um, Skyline to me, kind of sneaky to keep an eye on Bla- the blackfoot too is always kind of a, the baseball team they somehow find you, you, you talk about the other teams in district six but it always seems like blackfoot makes it to state and they're um they're always tough too so that's going to be a tough district i think is what we're saying right there you're <laughs> right the, the way that the district goes everybody plays each other three times and blackfoot and bonneville already had their little three game set blackfoot won the first game three to one Bonneville won big in the second game, 18 to seven. The third game was as tight as it could be. Bonneville won seven to six. So shows <laughs> you how you close go. it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that top three and uh, you know, even Hillcrest, I think, and even Idaho fall. I mean, geez, we haven't even talked about Idaho falls. They're always dominant in baseball too. Right. And yeah. They're, they're five and one in conference seven and five overall. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be an exciting district, uh, race for sure the race and then the you know who knows what happens and get to the tournament right so right <laughs> and and you wonder why the idaho falls bandits the american legion team has gone and won the american legion world series in recent years yeah it's because they pool together bonneville oh, skyline hillcrest idaho falls they all get together shelly <laughs> yeah they form this super team and it is fun to watch so yeah yeah, really good baseball up there in District 6, uh, for sure. 3A coaches poll, Marsh Valley, top dog. They're 10-1. and one. Uh, They're also the defending champions, so that seems right on. Sugar Salem, man, they just keep on winning 10-2-1 and two and one on the season. The caveat is with these teams, the districts are so small that no, no district games yet, but looking good. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Does Marsh Valley play Sugar Salem in the – Regular oh, sales, man. You know, I think they were on the schedule, and then it was uh, one what, of the f- the five million games that, that got, got canceled. Yeah, that's what I thought. But what a, that what a game that would be for the regular season. Yeah, that would be uh, phenomenal uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, those those two seem right on. Uh, Marsh Valley, more of a veteran team. Sugar still kind of young. They leaned on a lot of freshmen and sophomores last year that are a year older, but they're still looking to you know get to state and uh, get to the finals in the two a coaches poll uh firth last year's runner-up they're 10 and 2 overall they look very good with all the vasquez's and parks that play for <laughs> play for firth all those names we're used to hearing um chalice Mackey also received votes um and then you know i still think malad is a team people are sleeping on a little bit kind of like on the softball side they just haven't had the opportunity to play a lot of games yet so they might be off people's radar yeah, Malad's Malad is always tough at at baseball, and I think you know once they get a few more games, you, we'll probably see them kind of come up or maybe even make this list. Yep, for sure. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at with the initial coaches poll, the first coaches poll of the season. Those will come out every Wednesday 
on idahosports.com. All right, before we get out of here, Sean, because I know you've got to run, you've got uh, a movie night with your kiddos. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, last week, the Idaho High School Activities Association, the IHSAA, got together for their monthly meeting, and a lot of interesting stuff was discussed. Um, and really, I liked most of it. Uh, adding the javelin to track and field. I'm all on board for that. I threw the javelin at my high school in Montana, and I think it's a really fun event. Um, Making the tournaments more than two days. Yes. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. Expanding state volleyball from a two-day to a three-day tournament, um, I think, is fantastic. I do, too. Um, they talked about exploring other venues to host state events. I know everybody in East Idaho says, all right, not in America credit union center let's do it not in america center let's yeah. do it um brand new facility that was built uh, right outside of idaho falls there uh, right off right off the interstate uh, that's where the idaho spud kings the uh, minor league hockey team plays um and i think i don't know i'd have to look at the seating like what's the official seating for the mountain america i feel like uh, when i was talking to some um people they it wouldn't be quite big enough for 5a yeah but if 5A is it, you know, if it's two Boise teams in Idaho Falls, what's the numbers look like, right? It's kind of hard to estimate how many are going to travel. Obviously, if you have two 5A teams in Boise, you're going to fill the Idaho Center. But, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I just, I know a couple people said it probably wouldn't be big enough for like 5A, but you could definitely easily host like 4A with all the high schools, you know, Taj Grizz, you know, Hillcrest, you know, Madison, even, I mean, Madison is as far as from like downtown Boise to Nampa, you know what I mean? It's really not that far. So right. you've got a, and you got a great facilities, Rigby, Madison. So I know a lot of people, you know, it'd be cool if like just maybe one division was there and it rotated or something like that. But, uh, but then, you know, people don't want to split it all up either. So there's a lot of, <laughs> Hey, just bring it all to East Idaho and you want to have your five, a be full, put it in Holt arena. Yeah. And and people are going to go, oh, Pocatello to Idaho Falls. That's such a long drive. Same distance. Time-wise, like... time it's about the same from Boise to Caldwell, which is where some of the state tournament games yeah. are. Yeah, You know, I just, yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we, we, we hear you, East Idaho. We I, I agree. I think it should be explored, at least moving that thing out of Boise. And at least it... track. I think track at uh, Davis Field would be phenomenal. I know a lot of coaches – have been really pushing for that too with the really you know the re-renovated davis field it would just be a phenomenal state experience you got the parking you've got the mountains uh you got local restaurants <laughs> i mean like just great for the community yes uh speaking of davis field next friday uh, April 21st, IdahoSports.com will be broadcasting. Uh, this is the, the, like first people to hear it will be on this podcast. We're still ironing out a few details, but uh, we will be broadcasting the direct com invitational. Uh, Rockland is the host school. There's going to be, I think, 30 plus teams. Wow. All at Davis Field. We'll, we'll be there broadcasting it on IdahoSports.com. A little regular season track for you So and field. So stay tuned. Uh, for that, that's next Friday, the 21st. Um, but yes, moving moving events to different uh, venues. You know, the word on the street has been that, you know, there's the nice Idaho Central Arena right there in downtown Boise, not far from, from BSU. Could that host the 4A semifinals? 
so we don't have to do this weird thing where yeah, that, yeah. semis are all on the same day and Friday and somebody's playing in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm, that would be nice. I have a, a very good source that tells me that they are exploring that partnership <laughs> and uh, stay tuned, but okay. I think that would be a great fit yeah, if, it, I, I if agree. it stays in Boise. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, they also talked about expanding the state playoffs for volleyball, soccer, basketball, and softball, where besides 5A, every other classification has five districts. Your your five district champions, you know, you'd play districts and you'd have five district champions. The four highest seeded uh, champions, according to Max Preps, would automatically advance to state. The remaining four spots would then be determined by a series of play-in games, it would be that fifth district champion and then the seven next best teams, according to Max Preps. And they would all play to figure out those next four spots. I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's putting that flex tape on the hole that's gushing out water (laughs) that it's not totally fixing it, but uh, I, I like it. I think it's a, it's a move in the right direction. I also know there was discussion, a lot of discussion about, um, max preps too and uh a, a lot of boise area people did not want max preps anymore due to the then them ending up having to play them each other in the district tournament so i know that was a big thing of discussion is boise doesn't like max preps because it makes them have to play each other you know what i mean because before it was automatically they weren't gonna have to play each other first round right they just filled right. in those spots well now you know it's kind of evened out a little bit and they're having to play each other due to max preps so i think that will be an interesting thing to see what happens there i i whatever deal with it <laughs> deal well, with it <laughs> that's what i think i just i i just know there was a lot of well, you know, unfortunately, they control a lot of the vote, right? They have the most votes for those kinds of things. So that's that's always the other problem is we could want and wish, but East Idaho doesn't have a majority vote of anything. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we just have what we have and we improve, right? That's what I'd like to see as far as things like that. Okay, the, we, these things kind of work. Let's make it better because we have that ability. That that'd be my personal view on those on those type of things. Yeah, nobody came to East Idaho's defense two years ago when Skyline and Blackfoot played for play, the twentieth time. Had to play for the fifth time in girls, and Hillcrest and Skyline had to play for the fifth time in boys at state right away in the opening yeah. round. And that was a predetermined bracket. I didn't hear a peep from anybody on that. Yeah, from outside of East Idaho. So you know what? Deal with it. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I agree. Step in the right direction for sure. And this is nothing official. They're just exploring and they'll continue to explore in the June meeting. And then the other interesting thing was a discussion about tweaking the enrollment numbers for each specific classification and basically going to what Oregon does 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A. And everyone's all up in arms. We're adding another classification. We have six. (laughs) There's already six. We're just getting rid of the D1, D2 designations on the 1A side and just making that its own thing. So uh, how does it impact teams in East Idaho? It doesn't really, to be honest. It really, you know, if if they go off the numbers that they proposed, it's really only affecting 8 to 10 schools, period. So it's not moving the needle that much. Yeah, you know, the problem for me is, if it stays the way it is, we'll have more opportunity to ch- kind of change conferences. If we keep the enrollment numbers the same they, the, the way they are, um, there's a lot of different discussions on 
different conferences, which would increase our reps, which to me as a coach is a really important thing. Um, if it goes to this, we're stuck in the same boat, Pokey Preston, Century, and it just keeps selling, I don't know, downstream. <laughs> but that's that's my problem with it. Um, you know, and the problem I see with it, I think it just really helps. I, I it really helps Boise because Boise is gonna would lose a lot of four A schools up to five A with if the numbers stayed the same and they would lose their kind of stranglehold on um, those reps and and so you know unfortunately that for me that's that's the thing that bugs me if if it stays the same you know those that those reps are going to change a little bit but they were um, also talking about having different kind of reps for different sports and different things like that too and you could qualify different ways and just like just all the sudden like we'd have no change and all of a sudden we're gonna like reinvent the will on things is um it's gonna be a little overwhelming but uh yeah i i just it's hard for me if the district doesn't change i, I like i feel like we need a bigger this like three team districts are stupid i just i just northern idaho would feel the same way no one's gonna go oh boy this three team district like no one benefits from that so whatever happens to change the number of districts then i'm for it <laughs> i guess is what i is, is where i'm going from and I would say most people in a small district would agree. I think we found our title. Three team <laughs> districts are stupid. <laughs> That's going to be the podcast title. Um, all right. So uh, th this will be a, a discussion once again in June at the IHSAA's next monthly meeting. And we're, we're going to come up with a couple of models, maybe on IdahoSports.com. Ryan Skaggs, our guy up north, has been working on a different set of enrollment parameters. His, his big idea is get rid of a classification. We only need five, not six. And then there wouldn't be such a big disparity in some of these things. Um, and, and I'm working on something too. We're going to have a couple of different ideas just to see what people think uh, to get the conversation rolling a little bit. So stay tuned for that. We're still working on that on the back end as well. But spring sports season is here. There's pretty much something every day. Monday, heavy hitters, best uh, softball, baseball hitters from the week that was. Tuesday, primetime pitchers, best pitching performances. Wednesday, coaches polls. Thursday, that's tomorrow, tracking the field. Our bracketology for, for all of the classifications for, for track and field, looking at the leaderboards, projecting the points out, showing you who the leaders in each event are from 5A all the way down to 1A. So a lot of good spring sports content coming your way on idahosports.com. Sorry, Sean, <laughs> I got choked up there at the end. It's all right. Do you need a tissue? No, I'm good. I'm, try I'm trying to get you out of here. So I just I like the track one. I just want to throw it out. I like I love the track one and seeing who's at the top and how that pans out. I think that's uh that's really fun. I think that's giving a track um a lot more of a spotlight that you know because there's so many events and so many great performances. I just like I like that spotlight to get on these different things and kind of see it. And I I really appreciate that one. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun exercise for me to to put together because I always like projecting things, and so um, yeah, it's it's fun to do. So, all right, John, enjoy your movie tonight. Uh, well, You're going to the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's gonna uh, be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I mean, a little nostalgia. I had I played Nintendo, the Super Mario Brothers, like one of the first things I ever played. So we'll see. My kids love Super Mario. Like my kids are into Mario Kart and Goldeneye like all the games i played there those are their favorite games it's kind of funny like they didn't have you know they're kind of like you know idaho they didn't really have to change anything but they did and people are still doing it <laughs> but yeah. yeah so but yeah it'll be good thanks
Yep. All right. Well, for uh, Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho Prepcast on IdahoSports.com.